Hello, welcome to the podcast of Grace Fellowship Church Shrewsbury. We meet every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. in Southern York County, Pennsylvania. You can join our morning live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury. You can find more information about us at gfcshrewsbury.org. We are so excited to bring you this message today, and it is our hope that you will come to know and believe Jesus Christ more fully through it. Well, good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. I'm very excited to be with you this morning as we continue in our series on John called Knowing Jesus. And last week, Pastor Mark spoke with us about unity out of John 17. And this whole idea of a triangle that when we get closer to God, we get closer to each other. And that is true. Pastor Mark and I have used that countless times for married couples and other people when coaching folks to understand what it means to have unity with God first and with one another afterwards. What we also need to understand, though, is that when we get closer to God, we also become uniquely who we are more fully. In other words, I become more fully Jeff the closer I get to God And sometimes that means I become more vastly different than who you are. So today we're going to talk about what it means to have unity in the midst of diversity. Before we do that, would you be kind enough to join me as I pray? Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. We bow down before you today and acknowledge our desperate need for you. God, I ask that you would speak through me to the hearts and minds of your people, that we would become a mobilized army, unified in you, glorifying you, lifting up your holy name and walking in such a way that your manifest presence and power is at work within us, that the world would know that you do love them, even as you love us. We pray this all in the precious name of the one who gave everything, the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Well, today we're going to jump right back into John 17. And Pastor Mark thought through the whole of the passage. I have the honor of teaching just like the last five verses and, or somewhere around there. And I'm really excited to do that. So you have to focus in. And I'm going to focus on these verses in John 17, verse 20 through 23. Jesus says this, my prayer is not for them alone. He's pointing to the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, listen, so that the world may believe you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that we may be brought to, that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Listen, this is a powerful, powerful passage. This is one of my life verses, and you have to understand what Jesus is saying here. He's saying our greatest witness to the world that God is alive and that he loves them is how we relate to each other. You can memorize all the Bible verses you want. You can go around and beat people with your Bible. You can go around and preach messages. You can do all kinds of religious activities. But if you have not love, you are a clanging gong or a resounding cymbal. It's true for me. There's plenty of times where I get caught in the snag, the temptation of every professional religious person to get, go down the kind of uh, tome, the tome of, of religiosity 
and act like somehow I have it together or think about things that would be sounding very religious and yet I have not love. Why? Because I have forgotten my first love. Listen to what Jesus says here. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples in that you love each other. You see, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in truth. In what truth? The truth of the love of God, the truth of love of each other. Listen to me. Life is all about relationships. First and foremost, a relationship with God. And that relationship with God changes everything about the way we relate to each other. There's two relational dynamics that I want you to understand. Now, when I spoke a few weeks ago, I talked about one. It's the dynamic of friendship. And this is the whole idea of into me you see. This is where we have intimacy. Jesus said in John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. Check this out. He's saying, disciples, into me you see. Even the deep secrets of the kingdom, I have made known to you. I've invited you into my very being and I've shared my very heart with you. And I long for you to do the same with me. See, this is friendship. And when we come together in relationships that are in Christ, we become deep-rooted friends to each other. Let me ask you a question. Do you have at least one good friend in your life who knows and loves Jesus, who knows and loves you? Let me remind you of what I said a few weeks ago. Here on planet Earth, in your relationships with other people in the body of Christ, you can only be loved as much as you're known. So do you have someone, at least one person in your life, that you can invite into the darkest places of your soul? If you have more than one, you are richly blessed. I have more than one in my life. And can I tell you, I don't know where I'd be apart from God in those people. So we need this kind of relationship, friendships, where we share our lives together and we actually face each other like these two arrows. And then there's this relationship too, of yoke fellows. You see, the scripture talks about the whole idea of us being co-laborers with Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 9. The one who plants and the one who waters have but one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are God's workers, his yoke fellows, in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Listen, a yoke fellow, that word, is similar to two farm animals doing work. You see, they're yoked together and it's this yoke is put over their shoulders and they pull a plow. They're going in the same direction, just like these two arrows are. This relational dynamic is very important for you to understand. Both friendships and yoke fellows are part of God's design for us. Listen, when he put men and women down together in the garden, Adam and Eve, he said that you reflect basically God's character more fully together as, as female and male than you do alone. Why? Do you understand that little girls will gravitate very quickly to this dynamic. They did a test a long time ago. They took two little girls in groups of two, and they took two little boys in groups of two. And they said, okay, here's your agenda. Go in that room, take these two chairs into that room, put them however you'd like, and we just want you to have a conversation. Do you know that over 90% of the little girls took those two chairs into the room and they put them facing the same direction, I'm sorry, far, facing toward each other and they had the conversation. They looked at each other in the eyes, they actually made eye contact and they talked. You know what the little boys did? 
over 90% of the little boys took the chairs into the room, they put them facing the same direction, like looking out a window or even looking at a wall, and they talked to each other that way. Listen, mom and dad, if you're having a hard time connecting with your teenage boy, take a car ride with them. Perform a task with them. Get shoulder to shoulder with them and do something together with them. And can you, I'm telling you, if you pray and trust God, you will start to see them open up and share with you. Because you're trying to put them in a, in a relational dynamic that they're not comfortable with if you're just starting with this one. Now, if you're tracking with me, which I really hope you are, I just want to tell you a quick story. Years ago, there was a pastor down in Timonium. I had a really hard time connecting with him. I didn't really know why, but he would knock on my door on occasion and he would say, Jeff, how are you doing? And I thought that was an invitation to intimacy, to friendship. So I would start sharing with him what was on my heart. And he would take a couple steps out of my door and he'd say, okay, well, uh, good talking to you. And then he would walk down the hall and I'm like, does this guy even want to have a relationship with me? This happened numerous times. And then I got it. He wasn't wanting to connect on this level. He was wanting to connect like this. So next time he walked in my door, I was ready for him. He knocked on my door and he said, hey, Jeff, how you doing today? And I said, oh, man, I'm doing great. I just came back from a conference. You see, I turned away from him and I pointed and I got these great materials. And I really think they could change the way that we do ministry. He stepped into my room and he said, really? He said, can you tell me what they're about? And I said, sure. And he came in and we got shoulder to shoulder. We looked at the books together. You get it? We looked at the books together and we started talking missionally. We started talking as yoke fellows. Ten minutes into that conversation, he turned towards me and started sharing more intimate things with me. You understand some people are more inclined to come to unity in a yoke fellow relationship that will lead to a friendship. Other people are more inclined to come to a friendship that will lead to a yoke fellow relationship. But you have to be flexible enough to know that both are godly relationships. Not one of these is more godly than the other. And in Christ, when we put them together, bar the door. <laughs> Bar the door. When we actually become friends together in the midst of yoke fellowing, or when we actually become yoke fellows together in the midst of friendshiping, now you have the manifest presence and power of God working in the people of God, glorifying God. The reason why we don't have more of this is because so often we camp out in one to the exclusion of the other. A lot of people get into house churches or, you know, I oversaw house churches for years. House churches are beautiful. And they would come to house churches and what they would do is develop these intimate friendships. And then they would go from what we call koinonia. That's the Greek word for fellowship to what we called koinonitis. <laughs> it was an infection. It became a disease. Why? They became ingrown and they forgot they were supposed to go on mission together. And what would happen is eventually that group would maybe flourish for a little while and then it would start to die and it would go away. Why? Because they didn't realize they were supposed to be yoke fellows. In the same way, so many people go out and try and go on mission together, but they don't even know each other and they certainly don't, are not loving each other. You see, when we put this friendship dynamic in Christ together and we actually walk as yoke fellows together, now we manifest the presence and power of God. I believe that the early disciples around Jesus saw the manifest presence of God regularly. 
And I think this is why things got hard. When they got hard, he said to them, are you going to leave too? A lot of people were leaving Jesus at some point. And they looked at him and they said, where else would we go? You have the words of life. What they were saying is that life is so profound around you. Life is so filled with adventure and joy. And, and I know it's crazy at times. I get scared. But you are the source of life itself. One point in the scriptures in John, going back to the first chapter, we see the Spirit of God light on Jesus. And John, John the Baptist, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Why? Because they saw the manifest presence and power of God in the one who is God. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? I love this question. What do you want? He said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Now look, this, this is where the translation doesn't do this justice. The way they ask the question really is like this. How do you live? Where are you? Show us how you live life so we can live life like that too. Jesus replied with these beautiful words. Come and you will see. He invited them to come see how he lives. So where is Jesus today living like this? Can I tell you? The scripture says definitively, at least in two places, that Jesus' manifest presence is at work in two places at least. Now we know he's everywhere. We know he lives in us. But I'm talking about a tangible manifestation of the presence and power of God. I'm going to point to Matthew 18 and Matthew 25. Here they are. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Jesus is saying, I'm right here when the two or three of you gather in my name. What does that mean? In my will, in my spirit, in my way. But if you look at Matthew 25, this is the sheep and the goats. He, he said to them, come to me and inherit my kingdom. I paraphrase. He says, you fed me when I was hungry. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in jail. And they said, when? When did we do these things, Lord? They didn't even know. And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whenever you did them for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did them unto me. Do you understand something? When we come together, as the, king, and the kingdom of God is in us and we come together as the people of God and we have this friendship and now we're yoke following together and caring for the least of these, the manifest power and presence of God is released in us and through us. And God is glorified. And Jesus is praying, make them one that the world would know, that the world would see me and that they would know how much I love them. Church, we need to step up our game. We've been doing this for years here at Grace Fellowship Church, but can I tell you, I feel like right now we're standing on the edge of a whole new wave of God's power and presence revealed in and through us. But we must trust him to walk in that. So today, I have the honor of talking to you about the York Regional Dream Center. Now, the York Regional Dream Center is a subsidiary of Grace Fellowship Church. I'm now talking business language, but I want you to understand, Grace Fellowship Church is a parent to the Dream Center. 
And the Dream Center is the primary outreach arm of Grace Fellowship Church. Grace Fellowship Church, the people of God coming together in friendship, in the spirit of God, building relationships, deepening relationships, leading confessional lives together, loving each other well, and going out now together as yoke fellows for the kingdom of God, not just here at Grace and all the beautiful ministries that are here. Yes, that's yoke fellowing too, but going out into the community to reach more and more people with a message of the gospel. How did the church ever think that we thought people were supposed to come to us? We're supposed to build a building, ring a bell, and people are gonna to come to us? Folks, that might have worked at one point in time. It doesn't anymore. You know what, God has called us to go to them. If you look what Jesus did, he sent out his disciples two by two. He didn't expect people to come to them. He sent them out. And we're called to be sent, right? Bring them in, build them up, send them out. That's what we say. And the York Regional Dream Center is one of those very powerful and profound sending engines for the glory of God. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Dream Center, its conception. Years ago, when we had moved into this building, and everybody was real excited about the building, we moved in, and within a matter of months, I thought we started becoming complacent. But it was a year afterwards where I went to the elders and I said, I think we need a whole new wave of vision from God. So I picked up a book called The Church That Never Sleeps by Matthew Barnett. And, and I read the book, and um, I was like blown away. He said that he actually um, was sent to Los Angeles by his mega, mega church pastor dad to, to plant a church in the city of uh, Los Angeles or to actually help foster an aging one. And his leadership team, after the first six months, had a secret meeting, came back to him and said, we don't believe in your leadership. We all quit. And they all walked away. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but like this is the worst nightmare of a pastor. And he said, that kind of pain will either cause you to quit they become more convinced of what you're supposed to do than ever before. So Tommy, by God's grace, he pushed his desk out onto the streets of Los Angeles and he said, God, I'm gonna make my office the streets of this city. I'm gonna love the pimps, I'm gonna love the prostitutes, I'm gonna love the drug addicts, I'm gonna love the gang members, I'm gonna love just all these people around me, I'm just gonna love them and I wanna see what you do. God has made the LA Dream Center the largest philanthropic organization in Los Angeles. They do more good for the community than any other organization. They now own an entire hospital and an entire city block in Los Angeles. So I was reading this and I thought, I gotta go. So, you know, the crazy thing in following God is you find yourself doing stuff that you never thought you'd do. And a week or two later, I was on a plane to Los Angeles. I met my two oldest children out there and we spent a week at the LA Dream Center and it was incredible. We, we went into a gymnasium with 600 people on a Saturday morning. We worshiped God, we prayed, and then we loaded up onto buses and we went out into all areas of Los Angeles. Me and my two kids, we went to Nickerson Gardens. If you're not familiar with that, that's where the Rodney King race riots were. Our guide was a 17-year-old girl named Rebecca. She walked me and my two kids around through Nickerson Gardens. My son, when he first got there, was like, Jeff, I mean, Dad, there are like gangs all over this place. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, look at the graffiti. Like, it's all gang language. I went, oh. She said, oh, the gangs protect us. I'm like, what? She said, yeah, they know we're from the Dream Center. We don't have to worry about that at all. And so we started banging on doors. She's banging on doors. Dream Center, how can I make your life easier today? And we went in, we cleaned toilets. We cleaned out people's closets. 
We sat down with old women and old men and we talked with them and we loved on them and we allowed our hearts to be knit with them. And I thought, why has the church never done this before? Yes, we did. But why have we forgotten? And so I came back with fire in my heart like, I got to go out. You see, when you were there, they talked about going out all the time. We would come in together. We would actually come together in a, in a meeting place and they'd say, hey, we're going out. And then we went out to like uh, Skid Row. Or we went out to another place and we just simply loved people in the name of Jesus. So when I came home, I thought, man, I, I got to go out. And I said to Tracy, like, Is, there's got to be surely some poverty around here. And she said, well, what about the trailer park? behind the Starbucks and I said there's a trailer park back there there was years ago it's no longer there and I went up in there and there was a guy living in a trailer with no windows and no front door pretty ironic being behind Starbucks and I thought really so that was our first adopt a block program and we started knocking on doors and Ron Dreher and Bob Gifford knocked on a door and her name was Dawn and, and Dawn answered the door and they said, hey, we're from this new thing called Adopt-A-Block and how can we make your life easier today? And she said, well, I don't have any heat. You can fix my heater. And she says now that she was just kidding. She had no idea. They came back that night and they fixed her heater. I talked to Dawn just last night. She's on one of our teams in Adopt-A-Block, Shrewsbury Courtyards. As a result of them caring for her in a very tangible way, Dawn came to Christ. And can I tell you, she told me last night that when they came and knocked on her door, her thoughts were very dark. She was even contemplating taking her own life. And Bob and Ron loved her well enough, and they led her to Christ. And that little trailer park started a Bible study. We talked to people in there, and they said they never talked to each other before that time, and they started coming together. And the community was transformed for the glory of God. This is the work of the kingdom. And can I tell you, to be a part of it, to actually go out and build friendships while we're yoke flowing together, the power of God is released in very tangible ways. And so I want to talk to you now about the Dream Center, and I want to invite you to our open house next uh, Sunday, the 31st. So here's the thing. I want you to take this little booklet in hand. You should have this. You should have received this on the way in. If you haven't received it, go ahead and raise your hand, and I hope one of the ushers will get you one. Um, if not, you can get one on the way out today. So this little booklet is being distributed to probably a thousand neighborhoods, a thousand, this neighborhoods, a thousand houses and neighborhoods all around the church here this week. And we're inviting everybody to come to an open house on the 31st. And we're asking people just to come and see just to come and see. So I want to walk through this with you briefly. If you'll open it up, it just says who we are, um, inspiration and dream to reality, and there's Adopt-A-Block. Adopt-A-Block is the primary missional kind of engine because Adopt-A-Block goes out into neighborhoods. We own a house in the city of York that has been designated as God's house. Alan and Karen Smith, who lead our team up there, were just telling us stories this week of people coming to Christ and, and them loving them over time and seeing them understand the love of God. And the manifest presence of God being released in that house and in that neighborhood. Can I tell you, Salem Square is not an easy neighborhood. At one point in time, it was probably the most drug-infested, gang-ridden neighborhood in New York. It's been transformed quite a bit since we've been there. And we're not taking credit for what we've done. God is doing all this at the same time, but we've played a part. 
And can I tell you, I still remember going out on the first adopted block, walk. I still remember a little woman named Tiny, and we helped put siding on her house. I still remember a young man named Jose, and his mom lived in a house, and their bathroom was completely not functional at all. And we put a little bathroom in their house. See, we loved them. And then Jose fell in love with us, and then he got on the block with us. And I still remember going with Jose, he's Spanish-speaking, into a Spanish-speaking home where there was a little girl. And her little name was Paola. Paola was five years old, and Paola slept on the floor in their house. Paola had never had a bed. So we got a little bed, and we painted it up with flowers, and we, we painted the dresser with flowers, and we gave the little bed and the little dresser to Paola, and we dedicated it in the name of Jesus in the house to Paola, and she was so happy. But then I remember going back to that house even weeks later, and Jose was translating from the mom, and she was saying something was biting her daughter, Paola, in the middle of the night, and she even showed us bite marks on her arm. And she said, I think this is a spirit. And I sensed it. This was demonic. So you know what happened was? God used that so that her mom, Paola's mom, would come to Christ, and then Paola came to Christ. And guess what? When they came to Christ, all that stopped. In the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. Look, you do not have to go to Guatemala to go on mission. You can go right here to York. You can go to Shrewsbury. You can go to Stewartstown. You know, the whole dream of an adventure somewhere in the jungle. Can I tell you, it's a jungle right outside of this building. Folks, there's so many more people like Paola and her mom. Come and see. Come and taste the power and presence of God. As we walk not only as friends, but as yoke fellows to actually see him glorified. Adopt block is one of our ministries. Look, I got to go through this relatively quickly, but the community closet, for the glory of God, Denise Stoner and Megan and her team, like this is an amazing group of people. You go in there, they are love family. They love each other so well, but they are on mission to actually provide clothing, housewares, and now even furniture for the glory of God. Why? Because we meet a need to build a relationship so that others would know how much God loves them. We meet a need to build a relationship so that others would know Jesus. It's that simple. We don't give away clothing just for the sake of way of giving clothing. We give away clothing so people will know how much Jesus loves them. So that he will, they will come into a relationship with him. I'll tell you a quick story here once. There was a woman named Letitia. She had a, a disabled daughter named Amanda. Amanda could not walk at all, even at like 17. She just, she really just did her body, just wouldn't work. And so we were able, by the grace of God, to give Letitia a car that was fitted one point with a, with a seat that worked for Amanda, which was just so beautiful. But I do remember Amanda, I mean, Letitia reaching out to the director of the closet at that time and saying, I don't, I don't have any diapers for my daughter. And she said, well, let's go to Walmart. But she said, you don't understand. These are specialty diapers. Like, they have to be a specific type, and they have to be a specific size. And she said, I, I wasn't able to order them time, and we've run out, and I need these things. So the director at that time, Jean, she, she said, well, wait, hold on a second. I'm sure we'll, we'll work out something. Come on in. Come on in today. We'll work out something for her. Well, Jean had a box that hadn't been opened. She opened that box, and Letitia looked down inside, and there was a box of the very diapers that she ordered for her daughter that were supposed to the same exact size that her daughter wore. I mean, come on, bar the door. That is like the manifest power and presence of God. And she wept. 
as she knew how much God loved her. This was a donation from a stranger that delivered exactly what she needed. This is the kind of thing that we see throughout the Dream Center regularly, but you must come and see to experience it. The harvest, what an incredibly beautiful ministry for the glory of God. I know, Jess, we're running out of time, right? But I got to keep going, at least for a few. Bear with me, please. Um, you realize that in this, this, we have a cafe, we have a bakery, a full service bakery, and then we have also a pantry. And this is incredible for the glory of God, where hundreds of people are getting food, being served food every week for the glory of God. You know, we have a new relationship with Amazon and Whole Foods. Do you know that there are tens of thousands of dollars worth of food coming into this place every week from the Amazon Distribution Center in Baltimore? We are now giving out shrimp that's already been cleaned, frozen and bubble wrapped, filet mignons. We are actually giving out Atlantic salmon. We are giving out these incredible foods for the glory of God to people who are the least of these. You know that when people come into this place, it's just incredible to experience this fellowship that they have in the harvest. It's incredibly beautiful for the glory of God and the Lord's gym. I could tell you so many stories about the Lord's gym, so many stories about the harvest, and I have not time to do that. But can I tell you, if you come in and just meet with Lynn, your heart will melt. <laughs> Lynn is the director there, and she loves to listen to people. And by the way, if you need someone to talk to, come into the Lord's gym. Come into any of these areas for that matter. People will sit down with you and they'll listen to you. But go on mission with Lynn. Go on mission with Bill. Why? Because what we did was we saw a, a gym be the first presence on the hill where people can actually come and for the glory of God, not just get some fitness going, but build relationship so they'll know how much God loves them. And new, new now is in him Christian wellness. We couldn't be more excited to announce to you that this is becoming a reality. This was only a dream a year ago. But you know one of the greatest needs in our community right now is for counseling. Most counselors are completely full. Why? Because mental health now is in a horrible place. But people need counseling. Most of all, they need Jesus. And in Him, Christian wellness is about people meeting Jesus through a whole different course of modalities, creative arts, massage therapy. Anybody use a massage out there? Oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. So this is new on the hill now. And we have um, taken God's money as he prompted us and we've invested in building six new counseling suites in a reception area. And in him, Christian Wellness under John Burchard is moving in on the hill. And we couldn't be more excited. I've talked to John and he said, Jeff, we're gonna fill it. We're gonna fill the place. I know that's true. Well, so Grace Fellowship Church, I had Jesse just record this little piece separately because we didn't know if this would become a reality, but by God's grace, it has. So we just talked about the counseling center and the development of this new, um, new place where people can come and have healing for their souls and, and know Jesus more deeply, more fully, and, and in Him, Christian wellness. And we've been dreaming of establishing a fund because everything on the Hill, everything at the YRGC is free to everybody who needs it to be. And so we thought, well, we want to provide counseling the same way. We want to be able to provide subsidies for those who can't afford it. And we've been praying about that. This week, we had an anonymous donor call and ask to give targeted giving for the purpose of counseling at the YRDC and at Grace Fellowship Church. And this anonymous donor said she, that she wanted to give $25,000 to establish a fund for that purpose. 
Now, with any targeted giving gift that has to go to the elders, because we don't do a lot of targeted giving here, but that has to go to the elders for approval, because we don't want the arm getting strengthened over the leg. We want to be able to make sure things are working well together. But when that came to us, we unanimously said, yes, 100%. We've been dreaming about that. We've been praying about that. So what an incredible way God has worked to start establishing a foundation for people to receive the counsel they need so that they can know how much God loves them in the person of Jesus Christ. So we started now our fund with $25,000 by His grace and for His glory. Let's give a round of applause for Jesus Christ and all that He is doing in our midst. Surely He is with us to the very end of the age. True. So by the grace of God, we're inviting you next week to come and see. If you look through the rest of your booklet, you'll see there on page 15 and 16. And I haven't even paged through these, but I'm sure we'll do that on the thing. So on page 15 and 16, this is the vision we gave you in 2020. We actually communicated to you that we thought God might do counseling suites and that we might see the expansion of the Harvest FK. By the way, come and see the Harvest Cafe expansion and the bag bakery and the pantry. All of them have been expanded now. And so these are both complete by the grace of God and for the glory of God. And we're still dreaming together about vocational training and senior living here on the Hill. You can also see a list of our corporate sponsors there on the back. So here's my, here's my prayer for you. Please come to next week on Sunday. Come visit with us, spend some time with us, and talk with people there. Now, by the way, if you say, look, I don't have to. Like, I'm already in. I want to be a part of this. Turn your booklet over. And you'll see on the back a little QR code. For those of us who are over 50, you might not even know what that is. I, I learned how to use this not too long ago. Take your cell phone camera, scan that, and it'll pull up the YRDC website. And right on the front page, it says, need help, get involved. Click that button, and right there you can actually give us your information. Tell us what you're interested in. And by the way, there's serving opportunities to come together as Yoke Fellows that are just as simple as like, hey, I can show up once a week and maybe work for an hour, or I can show up every two weeks, or I can be part of special projects you have, to actually being much more deeply engaged. I want to go out with Adopt a Block here in Shrewsbury in York, or I want to serve in any one of the ministries. Look, come be yoke fellows with us. Come join us as co-laborers for the cause of Christ. And can I guarantee you something? If you trust the Lord with a prayerful heart in this, your life will be changed. Because love never comes through you without first coming to you. The question is, are you ready to become uncomfortable for the cause of Jesus Christ? Please join me as I pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness to us today. We lift this work to you, acknowledging that you are the one who is building your church. We're not. We just get to come along. So God, we pray a simple prayer. Have your way with us. Trust, help us to trust you more as we build relationships in community and as we partner together as yoke fellows for the cause of your kingdom so that your manifest presence and power would be released to your glory, to your glory alone. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, Grace Fellowship Church, and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can find more like it on our website under sermons. To keep up to date with our sermon series, hit the subscribe button in your podcast host and follow our social media pages. Just search for GFC Shrewsbury on the platform of your choice. 
If you're looking to connect with us further, then you can email us at connect at gfcshrewsbury.org. We will be back next week with another message. We hope to see you again soon.